Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Welcome to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Today, we are joined by a special guest. He's had a career in the National Hockey League over 30 years as a player and as a broadcaster. He's worked for ESPN. He's worked for NBC Sports. He's covered the Olympics. He's covered Stanley Cup Finals. He is now the color analyst voice of the St. Louis Blues. We welcome to the show, Darren Pang. All right, Darren, welcome to our show, Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. How old were you when you started playing hockey up in Canada? Well, I've got some pictures of... Uh of being an 18 month old on skates, which is, uh, it's a great picture. Um, my goodness. Um, they're in a kind of a onesie. Uh, you, you can, you can see the, uh, you can see the snowsuit that I've got on and, and, uh, little pom-pom on my toque and, you know, a hoodie over top, but that wasn't really playing. Um, I would say I was probably five, five years old playing in an outdoor hockey league, um, as a forward. And then, um, I think I just turned seven my dad turned me into a goaltender and I made a travel team. Uh, the Nepean baby Raiders is what we were called. Um, and I played with the Nepean Raiders all my life. It's a great little town just outside of Ottawa, uh, red, white, and black sweaters. Um, it was, uh, it, it was a great group. A lot of, a lot of really good players came out of there, uh, Chris, uh, and played, end up playing the NHL or going to college. So it was a bit of a hotbed of hockey and we always had a winning team. So it was a lot of fun. Were you doing travel hockey right off the hop and were you playing goal right off yeah. the hop? Yeah, that was a weird, it was, it was a weird transition as I, you try to remember it as best you can. And I've, I've asked my, uh, my mother had passed a few years ago, but I try to still get that recollection from my dad. And my dad was a goaltender when, when he was uh, in high school and a little bit beyond that, he was a really good athlete and softball player and he, and he pitched a lot. Um, and so uh, I, I would catch for him. And I think at one point, you know, I was really young and he noticed that I could really catch the ball and he'd whistle it at me and I could just grab it. And, um, and then at one point we didn't have a goalie. I think it was a pretty common thing for all of us that end up in the net. Uh, you know, all of a sudden the coach, which my dad was on the coaching staff and he, my nickname was Joe. Every one of my family members <laughs> called me Joe. It's a long story. You don't have time for it. I don't, I don't have time. But, up, but uh, just... So he just, he just looked at me and said, Hey, Joe, you want to try being the goalie? And I'll be honest with you. Um, at that early age, I played travel lacrosse and I was a centerman. I love scoring goals. I love setting up goals. I love the offensive side of it. And, uh, and, and I was like, no, not really. But he's like, hey, we, we could really use a goalie. Just give it a try. So I put on the pads and these little pads that I had were really neat, actually, to be honest with you. They were, um, they were blue base, red on the knee and white on the sides. So somebody had spray painted these basically street hockey pads and but they look great and so I put it on and then I put on this mask and you know it was a little t kind of a Tony Esposito molded mask plastic of course if I got hit in the face it would have hurt like crazy and you know it, it just I, I did well <laughs> you know what I just I, I stopped pucks I, I I was fearless um guys would shoot them and I would just grab them and you know and and so as it as you as you go on so that's that's tyke which uh in the states is uh mites i think or, or mites yeah, so we go, yeah we go tyke adam you know peewee and uh so you know two years of travel tyke well then it's adam tryouts and of course i'm not going to go try it as a forward i'm the top goaltender so i can continued on adam peewee you know bantam at one point in bantam i was really serious about switching and, and going forward because i played um 
uh, outdoor hockey with all our teammates all the time. We never stopped playing hockey. So we'd get together, even though we played indoor travel team, we'd always go outside and we'd play on, you know, in, in, on the rinks. And so I always played forward and I, I knew that I was as good as the really hands and I could make some plays. I was just small. And so uh, I guess as it turns out, it was probably a good thing that I stayed in that. At least it gave me an opportunity down the road. You, you mentioned you played lacrosse. Did you play any of the sports when you were growing up as a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, played lots. Um, loved all the sports. Um, and I think that's what made me a good goalie. I, and I think that's what made me excited about being a goalie. Um, played lacrosse. Lacrosse, I couldn't wait to start lacrosse. Once the hockey season ended and you're in the net all the time, then, that, you know, so so we played box lacrosse, not field lacrosse. So we played, uh, you know, inside a hockey rink on concrete and it's five on five. Um where the goalie's got that big gear. Yep. <laughs> um, so, but I played that and then I played, um, so that was, that was my, that was my most favorite sport in the world. And if I could have played pro lacrosse, I would have chosen that over playing hockey. Um, then I started playing tennis and my mom would take me before she went to work. And I, I just fell in love with Bjorn Borg. And at that time, and you know, then it was John McEnroe, but that era of tennis, I just loved it. So then I wanted to quit hockey. And I talked to a tennis pro and he had done the same thing. He was a good hockey player. He, he quit, uh, tried to get on the tennis circuit and go. And he really talked me out of it. And he said, that's, uh, that's not the way to go. You're, you're a really good hockey player and you're not, you're, you're, you're a good tennis player, but you're not that good of a tennis player. So, so I stayed with it and then I started playing squash. And, uh, then eventually as the years went on, because every pro hockey player seems to play, uh, uh, play golf. golf. Then I started playing golf, but I didn't start playing golf really till I was 18, 19, 20, but seriously, when I was 20, 21, then I started playing golf. So yeah, that, and that's kind of where it at. Now I'm old and I love <laughs> I, now, now someone introduced me to pickleball and I'm like, that is the best. It's either ping pong or pickleball. And that's perfect for me right now. How old were you when you started to notice playing goal that you might've had something there? That there might have been, you might you might have been a little bit better than the other kids. And how old were you? And you said to yourself, maybe I might be able to do something with this. Yeah, it wasn't early because I, I wouldn't have known, you know, if I was better than anybody else. I did I did know, and I was rather spoiled. We won a lot. <laughs> our, <laughs> our our teams were really good. Like I had, you know, I had a thirteenth overall pick of the Calgary Flames. Danny Quinn yep. uh, played with me. Um, Tyke Adam Peewee. And then we were both drafted to the Belleville Bulls. So we got together again later on. Uh, the other, every other year, up until I was a peewee or a minor Bantam, uh, Doug Smith, who went second overall to the LA Kings. Um, and in between, we had a load of guys that were NCAA you know, uh, scholarship players. So we just won. So I didn't know if I was any better than anybody <laughs> else. But I did know one thing. I learned how to win. And I learned what, losing was no fun. And uh, our organization didn't accept losing. It was great to grow up in that. But when did I, I think my first year, my first training camp of midget, I'd finished Bantam trip. We, we don't, we didn't call it triple a, we, we were double a, which was the triple a team. So we didn't have to put a whole bunch of letters in front. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> after that Bantam year, I knew the next summer was going to be very important. I wanted to make the major midget Nepean Raiders and so as a minor midget, I came in and I was still very small, but I came into camp in really good shape. And I, I ended up winning this, winning that job and taking basically playing the majority of the games. And we went to the Air Canada Cup, uh, which is the, the, the biggest midget AAA tournament where every province of Canada is represented. So for our team to get there and for me to be there as an underage goaltender and playing all those games was 
probably the time that I started getting a little full of myself, (laughs) 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 you know, um, thinking that, you know, I could, uh, I I know I can play because I, after that season ended, I called Brian Kilray of the Ottawa 67th. I called his office and I asked him uh, if I could get a tryout with the Ottawa 67s. And so uh, Killer is a great man. And and he said, Pang, I've seen you play. You're, you know, but you just played one year of midget and uh, I've got my staff, but I'm going to keep my eye on you. And so when that, you know, that was okay, because I thought that was pretty courageous just to call him. And then I made the tier two. So Central Junior A as as an underage, I should have been playing my final year midget. uh, But once I made that tier two team, the Nepean Raiders uh, Central Junior A team, uh, played with the likes of Steve Eisman was on my team. Uh, Mark Patterson was an underager that got drafted to the NHL. We had about maybe maybe 12 guys that went to college and several that went to the Ontario Hockey League as well. So we had a good team and we went all the way. You know, we, we I just by that time, I probably knew, Chris, that I was, you know, I was I was going to get drafted major A and my decision would be, am I going to go to college or am I going to, you know, go to major did, junior did, A wherever did you, I go? Did, did you think of college at all in the States or did you say, you know what? Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna go to, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, at that point, um, when we were on that Nepean Raiders tier two team, we had so many colleges watch us and it wasn't because of me or Mark Patterson. Uh, it was because of Steve Eiserman, uh, who ended up going fourth overall to the Peterborough Peets and every college was there. They, whether it be Michigan or Wisconsin, uh, uh, I mean, s- schools like St. Lawrence, but I mean, all over the place, they were, they were coming to see this Steve Eiserman guy. And, you know, in the meantime, they're, they're watching games and they're saying, boy, they've, they've got three underage players on this team. And so as it turns out, um, after that year, um, one team in particular, and uh, um, uh, it was, I mean, St. Lawrence, Wisconsin. So there, there was a bunch of teams that called, but then I got drafted to the Belleville Bulls, which was an expansion team. And I got drafted That's 29th I was overall. <laughs> and you know what, Ross, when you get, I, like now I'm 29th overall picked to an expansion team. I'm making that team. So I, I call, you know, I had to call the, come a couple of these coaches back and just say, Hey, uh, I, uh, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm not going to go the college route. I, I I'm kind of climbing this way. And, uh, in hindsight, if, if I were the dad of me, I would absolutely have done my very best to tell, to tell my son, me to just hold off, you know, play another year of tier two, um, get your school grades up because being as small as I was now, I look back at it. I said, I can't believe I made it to the NHL because of how small I was, but I never thought I was small. So, um, again, go back to being full of yourself. That was probably me and then it, <laughs> a little bullheaded, but I, I never thought I was a little guy and I never thought that I couldn't make it. So I, I'm not sure if anybody could have stopped me. I, I don't know. I, I just had a mission and I wanted to be there. What was that jump like coming from tier two to, to OHL? What was it like for you? Was it, was it intense? Um, was it now like, no. you know, or, you know what? I was already playing with men, you know, I, I yeah. played with like, I, you know, Steve Eisman, myself, Mark Patterson, we were playing, we were playing with guys that were, 18, 19, and 20. And they were all really good players. So uh, I think our tier two team was almost as good as my, that, that major junior A team, the Belleville Bulls, because they were an expansion team. We had Marty McSorley, Craig Cox, Danny Quinn. We had, we had some really tough players, but we had some good players, but um, I was not intimidated whatsoever. I'll just tell you that. I just, I was, uh, I was full of confidence. Um, I got humbled midway through the year and uh, I lost a little confidence. And that was the first time in my career that I've ever lost confidence. And it, boy, it was a, it was a, it was a fight to get it back. I, I will say that. So, but I, but you know, it, it turns out I did. 
and I ended up getting traded to Ottawa, my hometown. Which That's was what I was going to really, ask you. It was important for me, Chris, to get was to that, go back was to that, my hometown. Okay, was that just, you know, guys get traded all the time, but was it a shock to you? They came to you and said, hey, you're going back home. You know, or... you know, after my first year, it didn't end up, it didn't end very well. And I knew the coach was down on me and he deserved to be. I just, I lost my, I lost that, you know, I just lost that, that bullheadedness, I think. And so, <laughs> but I, but I went in the off season, I, I came back to Ottawa. I trained hard. I had a, a real fresh attitude and I was like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And, and that's not going to ever happen to me again. So I went back to camp and I was in, I had a really good camp and it was really fun because Wayne Gretzky bought our team. So he became a part owner of the team and our training camps start a little earlier than the NHL camps. And so we got to go on the ice and Wayne Gretzky was basically getting ready for his camp with us. I mean, how good is that? <laughs> so we, Danny Quinn and myself, and we'd actually drafted uh, and Mar Marty McSorley was always on the ice, but we actually drafted um, uh, uh, Pat Lafontaine, first overall okay but but so did Verdun of the Quebec, Quebec League. And because yeah. he was an American he was a he was able to go to either what either team so we were really pushing him to come to us you know obviously and we, we would have Danny Quinn and Pat Lafontaine as our top two centermen and Wayne was really pushing him and but as it turns out he he went there I think they gave him a nice car and the Ontario League <laughs> wouldn't allow that to happen yeah and so so as camp went on though we were man Wayne coached us in one game and uh, we shut out uh, a team. I think it was Sault Ste. Marie. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm get, I've got it back again. And I, I changed a bit of my equipment and I, my attitude was a lot better and uh, a lot more positive. And uh, well, as it turns out, sure enough, I started to go downhill and uh, I gave up, uh, I think I gave up seven goals in Sudbury. I think Jeff Brown, a good buddy of mine, uh, scored three. And, and I'm walking <laughs> off the ice and, and Chris, it's a long walk off the ice. And I know I, I know I stunk and it was an awful feeling. I was feeling bad enough as it was. And our coach, Larry Mavity, who just passed away a couple of weeks ago, a real good man. He walked by me and his, he, uh, he's got his deep raspy voice smoked all the time. And he called me short ass. He says, Hey, short ass. And he patted me on the pads and he says, that'll be your last game with me. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I got to know him and his family real well. And I lived at his house and, I know it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy for him either. But uh, so sure enough, a couple of days later, he, he called me into his, uh, not to his office, to his house, because I, I live close by and the school was close by and they called me out of school and he sits me down and he says, he says, short ass, where would you like to go? The Windsor Spitfires? And they were not a good organization. <laughs> oh God, no, over by Detroit, and, and not I a good just, place to go. But I just kind of went, oh no, no. And he says, or Ottawa. And my eyes just, I mean, I just sparked up because it was the Ottawa 67s, my mother was, uh, my parents had divorced. My mom was living on her own. My, my brother was there. Uh, my sister was in and out of being in, in uh, out west and back. And it was just so important at that time to be back home. And uh, I'm like, oh, like I was so excited. Yeah. And I, I was begging him like Ottawa. And he goes, don't worry, kid. I traded you to Ottawa. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he did me a favor. Like he really did do me a favor. And so sure enough, I, you know, two years in Ottawa with, with Brian Kilray, he resurrected my confidence and we ended up winning a Memorial cup. How, how did he affect your career building you up? What did he do differently? He's, he's a great motivator. He's a great coach for kids to develop. He gets how to develop kids. What did he do that's different than other coaches in the OHL? 
he's a special man. Um, what did he do different? Well, he gave you confidence. That's what he did. You know what? That's what he did. He, he built you up. He, he, when you were down and feeling low, and that's one thing that, you know, Mav and Belva, they didn't do that. They, they didn't understand the different personalities. They didn't, they didn't grab you and say, let's build this guy up. They just kind of, well, this kid's no, you know, this kid's no good. He's got no confidence or whatever. So if I didn't have confidence with Brian Kilray, he made me feel like a million bucks and he'd um, somehow do it somehow. Like, you know, if there was a game and I gave up uh, four goals and three of them were terrible goals, um, but he knew I was struggling with confidence um, in the third period in a six, four game. And I made two saves. He'd make those saves, the best saves in the world. And he'd make sure he told the reporters that if we don't get those saves in the third period, we don't win. And then, you know, next day you you read about that in the paper or he tells you himself, you're, you're just feeling great again. And you're like, so slowly, but surely he built, he could build you up again. And that that's the difference for me. That's the difference. 1000% the ability to make somebody feel good when they don't and the ability to knock somebody down when maybe they're too full of themselves. I needed him. <laughs> he was great for me. Best coach I ever had. You win that Memorial cup. What did that do for you career wise at that young age? What did that do for you? How did, how did it affect yeah. you guys? Well, I wasn't that's a big, that's a, that, that's a big thing, you know, and that's what's going to get it's to you. You weren't stuff. drafted. I mean, yeah. What does that do for your confidence up there? You, you know, I, 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 you know, at that time you're in the moment. So you're not thinking, Hey, if we win the Memorial cup, maybe I'll get signed by a team. Um, but I was thinking if we win the Memorial cup, <laughs> what could happen? <laughs> um, I didn't really have much to fall back on. And again, going back to the original statement of school, um, I wasn't a very good student or I just had no passion for it. Um, so I didn't have that to fall back on, but um, I think when we won, it did open up some doors. There were several teams that wanted to invite me there to camp uh, without a contract. My agent, Larry Kelly at the time kept saying, Vancouver wants you there. Winnipeg wants you there. There were just several teams. And I said, with a contract or without? And he said, without. And I was like, I don't know. That's a dangerous game to play, isn't it? Like, I'm going to go there and get shuffled off to the East Coast League in no time. And um, as it turns out, sure enough, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, called Larry, who he had, he had a lot of guys that he represented and a lot of former 67s players, including Doug Wilson. Um, so he, um, Bruce Cassidy was a first round pick of the, of the Blackhawks. Uh, Phil Patterson, a different Patterson, also was a draft pick. Uh, John Olson was another guy that, that was in their organization. So there was familiarity there. And so they offered me a two-year deal, a two-way, and it was the best thing possible. Uh, I mean, I, I knew I was gonna go to Milwaukee and Jim Ralph and I were probably gonna share time together. And that's what happened. And then. Jim Ralph tore up his knee and I was able, I played 57 or 58 games my first year, my first year pro. And I got called up to the Blackhawks to play a game. So it was a, it was an unbelievable situation for me. And uh, I'll never forget that opportunity that they gave me. We're talking with Darren Pang, former NHL goalie. And right now currently a broadcaster for the St. Louis blues here inside the game brought to you by flex coach and flex coach VR. That was segment one with Darren Pang of the St. Louis blues here on inside the game brought to you by flex coach and flex coach VR. Stay tuned for segment two inside the game brought to you by flex coach and flex coach VR. 